So if they get Julio, Julio Jones, yep. they are 15 and 2. Yep. Mock it. They maybe lose to Tampa. I'd say maybe they lose one of those Buffalo games. To say that this team on paper isn't, you know, arguably the second or third best team in the AFC, when you start to look at comparing them to the rest of the AFC, I think you're out of your mind. What's their record going to be again? 15 and 2. And two he they says, get Julio. If they get Julio. Football frenzy's on the way. What a way to come back. Second half of the show. Of course, a clip there from Atlanta Sports Radio. You can tell from the accents. Now, that was WEI in Boston. Talking about Julio Jones and what the Patriots record could be if they land Julio. No, will be. Will be 15-2. and two. Wow. What a stat to the second half of Bill Belichick's career. Holy cow. All right, let's do it. Yeah, continuing on that. That was uh, Jermaine Wiggins, who actually played in the NFL. He does one of the shows and maybe laying it on a bit thick there. But Pats get Julio Jones 15-2. and That's true. The Falcons have gone 14-2 and every year with him because he guarantees, you know, a, a, at least 13-3, 14-2 season. Wait, what are you talking about? The level of quarterback play of Matt Ryan compared to <laughs> – we going with Cam Newton in that 15-2 scenario or are we going with Mac? Mac Jones? Clearly Mac Jones. Well, right? not okay. Stidham because he's apparently part of the deal. To get oh, Julio. okay. No, get out of here. This was another amazing part of the uh, Boston radio experience. Question up on Twitter. Could Patriots use Jared Stidham to potentially get Julio Jones? Is he like the eighth piece in like a deal? No, is he signing the check? Right. Like what is he going to how use him how? As a as a trade piece? No. Is he Stidham and a second is what <laughs> the story said okay. for Julio Jones. <laughs> Well, I mean, the, the Falcons are not getting a first. So a second on its own would probably be more valuable than the second and Stidham. Like, why do we – if I'm the Falcons, why do we want Stidham? Stiddy. You need to include something else if you want us to take Stidham off your hands and yeah. make us a rebuttal. Yeah, a second is a better offer than a second and Stidham. If you're making us take Stidham, throw in a first. Then we'll <laughs> right. do this. Right. NBC Sports Boston, Tom Curran is on the staff. Curran said Stidham is a pretty good trade chip. For what? As we look, today is June 1st, a couple days ago, right? This is the opportunity right now for Atlanta to split up Julio Jones' damage and move him, as we all know. Jared Stidham wouldn't be a horrendous chip to throw in along with a second-round pick. It's, it's, sometimes it's baffling to me what people think. is something. First of all, do you, do you believe that the Falcons don't know that he's the third-string quarterback? Like, are the Falcons like, hmm, he might be the starter. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get that guy. Like, he's your th – why would we take him off your hands for you? They need a quarterback of the future in Atlanta. Yeah, they do. They Not would still, yeah, They would still need one. Yes. Now they'd just be wasting a roster spot with this guy. Oh, you're throwing Mac Jones. Okay. We'll take your backup. And obviously that's very silly. But th this reminds me of, you know, when I was seeing some of the trades for – the Raiders, like fans were proposing trades for Aaron Rodgers. And it would be like, well, we'll throw in Jalen Richard. Like, 
Why? Jonathan Abram in a second. There's no way they say no. <laughs> why? Why would we take? You're probably cutting that guy. Like, why would we take him? It, it, it's insane sometimes what people think. Lacking objectivity. Yeah, a little bit. I'm going to see if I can do this correctly. Again, the tweet headline was, and give me a little room here. Could Patriots use Jared Stidham to potentially get? Julio Jones, Jeff on Twitter, like to pick him up at Logan? <laughs> Is that okay? Not my line, but I tried to deliver it. That was good. It's similar to where we were going, I think, the much better, a much better one. Local reference with Logan Airport. I like it. That's so good. That, I mean, that would be the only way it would work if that's what you're talking about. What would books do if – the Patriots get Julio Jones. What kind of adjustment do they make on the uh, over-under win total? Oh, it'll probably be a massive adjustment of maybe Nothing. $0.10. Cents. <laughs> it actually wouldn't be even like a half win. No. No, not, a, like, not worth but, a half win. But you're like, no, he just had 15 and 2. <laughs> yeah, he's wrong. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't budge. Like I said, maybe an acquisition like that is worth, like, off the top, what are they, 8.5 right now? And, like, let's say it's shaded to the over at minus 120. Maybe it goes to minus 130. Or minus 135, if that. But, like, you're not moving a win, a half win because of that. I would make them, it would be over under 14 and a half. From 8 and a half to 14 and a half would be the over under. Actually, I'd make it a solid 15. Make people really think, you know? Yeah. They have to get 16 to get the over? (laughs) Got to go 16 and (laughs) 1. Would they become the favorite to win the division? No. What do you mean? No. Well, again, like, it's not going to be worth that much. Buffalo minus 150 right now. The Pats... Plus three fifty. That doesn't that doesn't close the gap completely. So like maybe Buffalo goes to like maybe minus one forty five. With Julio Jones added to the mix, yes. He's wide receiver like, thirty two and barely plays. Right, and the position of wide receiver barely impacts power ratings at all. So yeah. you wouldn't ha- you wouldn't move that if anything. Over under wins is nine. Over is minus one thirty five. For the Patriots. Yeah, so you'd get, like, minus 140. Well, you you might – this would be the only scenario where you actually might get a movement of a half game if it's minus 135 or minus 140 and they don't want to make it, like, minus 150. Maybe you do, you do adjust it to 9.5 with a shade to the under. Like, there could be a half game adjustment because of that. But it wouldn't be, like, a whole half game. It wouldn't be from minus 110 to then go to, to 9.5. Raiders parking press conference. We're going to open the phones in a little bit on this one. Just get your reaction to some of the early details. Here's a little more Mark Bedane talking about uh, some of the details. Is uh, This is going to be a, you know the, quite the project to make sure that everyone can be relatively close to the stadium and enjoy the experience. We anticipate and we've surveyed our fans, and we anticipate having a, a good chunk of the fan base going down, starting their day on the strip, and then coming to the game, and then ending their day on the strip. And so what we've worked on is the bridge you see behind us, the Hacienda Bridge, will be closed to vehicular traffic and will become part of the stadium walk and the stadium experience. So in any way you come down to the strip, whether it be by Uber or by other rideshare partners, uh, whether you drive and park there, whether you get dropped off there, you're gonna have this fan experience of coming across the bridge uh, with fellow Raider fans. All right, Adam and I had a good argument. If you're going north from the game, will you walk behind the Luxor or will you go out to LV Boulevard and walk down LV Boulevard? 
it's a very important note to settle. Uh, sure. I believe that they actually should consider closing down a, a good part of Ebley Boulevard to make it safe. In like in like the hour after, keep in mind, uh, MGM's planning like a gigantic tailgate area right in front of the Luxor, so that whole area is going to be freaking mopped. Yeah, yeah, they have, and I'm sure after the game, it's going to be kind of a similar. You could stop there and kind of wait out some of the foot traffic and just kind of hang out and, and be a part of that whatever experience they're going to do. Uh, that's fine. I will say, just hearing it, like, you can cross a bridge with Raiders fans. That, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> like, that doesn't sound like an appealing part of the game day experience. Right. Visitors will be sent south, make a right on Russell, walk up to Decatur, and then we'll call you to come back in a couple hours. That's fair. Don't, uh, go to don't, the, wear, don't wear Bronco stuff and think you're going to, after a, a tight win where the Raiders may have fallen in the final seconds, don't be wearing your Bronco stuff or your horse heads and be walking across well, Hacienda with a big celebration. Well, Get you, off our bridge. You go the other way on Russell, well, and you go to the bar that's been on Bar Rescue like 14 times. By the way, not to say that Raiders fans are any different than any other fan base in terms of at times being sore losers. But we're gonna we're gonna build the fence up. How I, I, you know I haven't driven down uh, Hacienda through you know Mandalay Place in a while. We're gonna we got we got some high fences there, right? And ones that curve over. So that's the curve over. You don't want to. You definitely climb. can't get over them, <laughs> and or throw somebody over them. Thank goodness. Football, football, football. And believe me, I'm not. I'm not saying that my team's any different. Because you know, no. sadly, the uh, some of those some of those tubes they used to have, kind of the freaking walkways down at at old Jet Stadium. Like there was a while there, it was really scary. Like women do not go down there. Yeah, like, like the, they were having those kind of issues. It was the sexual assault corridor. It was bad. Yeah, not funny. None of it's funny. No, it's not. That's uh, legitimately what was but, happening. But it, but you know, when you when you plan out um, a stadium and how people are going to get in and out, you also have to take that into account. You can't, you know. Five games in, be like, well, we never saw this coming. Like, it, it's you know, it's coming. There's going to be some fans who are freaking lunatics. We funneled all these people to a single file line. Who knew something bad was going to happen? Well, I mean, we've had, we've certainly had some incidents uh, in Vegas here and there, right? For the longest time, um, and the MGM still hosts some, you know, the the uh, Grand Garden, in the back of the MGM still hosts some pretty big events. But it got to a point there that you you, you were like, okay, this the arena's not designed for these kind of fights anymore. Yeah, in terms of funneling people back it had, from... It had one way in and one way out, and right. then the corridors were really small, and you can see how the new arenas are much bigger. You know, the concourses are massive. Well, and, and, and it's that's planning, right? Wait, wasn't where, there... What, do you remember, was there, was there a fight? Uh, and I don't know if I was out front for it. I think, you know, after we read the details, like someone thought shots were fired, and all it was was people got real froggy, and there was some giant barrier, and it got knocked over. It was like, boom! You know, and everyone was like, what the... Yeah. What the hell happened, so... But, but that that's also planning in, like... That's why this is so important, right? As you said, it was one way in, one way out. It wasn't. There was several different ways out and several different ways in, but everybody used one. And so you have to not only plan ways for people to get in and out, but also to understand which ones people are actually going to use. And, like, it doesn't help you to have multiple ways out if a 1,000 people use four ways and then the other 17,000 use the same way out. So you need to plan all those things and determine, okay, this is where people are going to go. If you say, well, we expect 20,000 to use that Hacienda Road over across, and instead 60,000 are using it, yeah. it's not going to work. And this whole conversation will be different if a lot of, you know, just west of 
the stadium is redeveloped. That's the plan. It's the right? plan. And that's the plan eventually, but it's not going to get done overnight because you've got all, all these existing businesses. So eventually I think there's going to be a hotel over there. There's going to be restaurants. There's going to be bars. Who knows? You know, Maybe a little place to pick up an edible here or there. And there's hotels right across the way, but right. you're talking about more adjacent so, to the stadium. Right, and what I'm way. saying is more people stay on the west side right. than immediately go back to the east side, you know, across the 15 and, you know, to the strip. Yeah, and and, and by the way, like, because I've heard a lot of people, I, I actually, it was interesting, I was talking to some people this weekend that were season ticket holders. Most of them are planning on selling their tickets, but they were discussing going to the games, and there is... To the south of the stadium, on the on the west side of I-15, I think there's five hotels uh, right there. Yeah. Um, and actually, one of them has been closed for a year because it's a UFC hotel. I, you know, I, I think that's common knowledge. But the those are right there, and people are like, well, we'll just stay there. <laughs> okay. I, I don't think – like, we, we talk about prices of what it's going to be. It's going to be so awesome. It's- oh, by, by the way, you cut it off there. We'll get back to this in the fat pack. Because we saw some people bragging about receipts they just got in Vegas for uh, you know a weekend and food and drinks and everything. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna freaking love this one. Caller eleven right now three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. This qualifies you for a chance to go to the Golden Knights game on Sunday. It's a qualifier. As a qualifier, here's what you get: if you're caller eleven three six four eleven hundred, you get a Golden Knights hat plus a two foot sub from Porta Subs, and it gives you a chance to win tickets to the Sunday playoff game. Knights against the abs it's all brought to you by porta subs if you're hungry i mean really really hungry uh get the taste you crave with a uh, fresh uh slice two foot classic sub from porta subs the home of the two foot sub winner right now qualifies 364-1100-364-1100 caller 11 dustin dehart of nova home loans brings you the four o'clock football frenzy dial 702-577-2600 now home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower get your mortgage tune up today by calling 577-2600 hanging at the william hill sportsbook inside silver sevens it's cofield and company I think it's one against two on this one. On the Logan Paul Mayweather fight this weekend, I'm totally into it. Am I misreading you guys? Do you not want to see what unfolds in this spectacle? Oh, I would have if if we're if it was a real fight. Just because they changed the they changed the rules slightly, it's not. There's just, no winner. Well, that that is you know. Let's ask Brian Custer's on with us. Showtime, a uh, big fight guy. We'll get into some New York sports as well. Brian, how you doing? It's uh, Steve Cofield and and friends and company. Adam and John Von Tobel out here in Vegas. My brothers, how are we doing? We're good. We're good. The uh, the rules changes. Did that did that throw you off? Maybe you knew about them, but not announcing a winner does seem weird. Yeah, I mean, you know, what eight rounds, um, three minutes. I think they're going to do. Uh, 10-ounce gloves now. Uh, originally, they were going to 12. Now they've agreed to 10. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, it's a thing where now uh, you, you, someone's going to get knocked out. Uh, so there is no going to the judges. There are no judges. So I just think the, for, the, for the entertainment value, at least we know someone's going to get knocked out. All right, for you, is it someone like either guy could get knocked out or Floyd's going to go in and teach – one of the Paul brothers, like, this is real. This is not freaking YouTube well, boxing. Listen, Let's go. I mean, uh, hey, you know, it, in boxing, it only takes one punch. But, um, I mean, how, how, 
I mean, he's, he's, he's the best fighter on the planet and has been for a long time. I don't, I don't care if you're a heavyweight. I mean, and if you've never boxed before, that's, that's a tough task to get in there with Floyd Mayweather. If, if Manny Pacquiao and those guys couldn't hit him, why do we think a YouTuber can, can put some licks on him? Well, I, Teddy Atlas said he was taking the sport seriously, though, so I feel like that, yes. that's why, right? <laughs> now, he, yeah, yeah, he, listen, I give him that. Trainer, been working hard, um, but, you know, um, you know, we always say this in box. There's levels to this sport. So, you know, you're going up against the highest level. But he's game. Uh, I, I love uh, his enthusiasm. And he has certainly trained hard. He's been in there with uh, different fighters, John Pascal. Now, and we already seen what happened with John Pascal <laughs> testing positive for PED. So I don't know if that was a good thing or bad thing. But uh, he's a big kid. And we'll see what happens. So, we we expect that the Paul brother. This one's Logan. I, I, yes. I, I know that we make the mistake of just calling them the Paul brothers and don't right. separate them as two different people. Uh, but this is Logan. Uh, we know he's taking it seriously. I guess so that's what we hear. Yeah. Is is Floyd? He, well, yeah. I mean, he, he he looks at it like this. It's I'm, it's the entertainment business. I'm an entertainer, and where else uh, can I go to make about fifty million dollars? Um, you know, in, you know, what is it, 24 minutes, uh, if it goes that long, uh, 12 minutes. Uh, so, you know, like he, like he said, uh, from, for Conor McGregor, I trained. Did I train like I was training for a real boxing match? No, but I did train. And so for this guy, did, have I trained? Sure. Have I trained like I used to train? No. I guess if you want to make the comparison back to the Connor fight, and uh, listen, I've covered MMA for a long time. Yeah. I I come from that world, uh, but I also, you know, I knew what was going to happen in that fight, and then I get there, and I'm sitting there in the arena, and Floyd didn't try for the first three rounds yes. as he let Connor just do what he wants to do. Right. And people are like, oh, he's making it close. Like, no, Floyd didn't try. Yeah, like it, he carried him. Con- he carried uh, Connor exactly. almost won. Connor almost won. I thought he stopped. He, he didn't stop almost. Win. No, he didn't almost. So win. I mean, but if you if we're in a fight where there is no judges, like does does Floyd have to make make use of every minute to try to knock him out? No, I mean, I, I, because again, he's Floyd Mayweather, so you know he knows he knows this kid is going to try to come out and and start swinging away. So he'll probably you know use his defense, move a little bit. Uh, probably toy with him a little bit, entertain the crowd with him a little bit, and then, you know, touch him up just to let him know, hey, look, you know, I'm no YouTuber, so you're in here with the best. And, uh, you know, he said he, he's going to entertain the crowd. And he said, he, and as he, put, he even said this today, somebody's going to get knocked out, and it's not going to be me. That was Floyd. That was what Floyd said today. So uh, what round that comes, we'll find out on Sunday. Brian Custer with the Showtime as the lead on this fight. Uh, make sure you tune in on Sunday as uh, the pay-per-view goes down at uh, 2.15. Actually, the fights begin at 2.15 our time. You got the pay-per-view a little bit after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Showtime pay-per-view. So th- this is part of a, a bigger picture. Um, first of all, before we get to Jake Paul and, and Woodley, um, what do you think this is doing for boxing? All eyes are good eyes. Yeah. Is that the bottom line here? Right. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. It, it, to me, the, the part that intrigues me is the way the fighters look at it. Because I've asked a number of fighters who I've had even on uh, my last damn podcast, 
And I would always ask them what, what are their feelings on it, and they all of them say the same thing. You know, I, I don't mind it because it's bringing different eyeballs to the sport and eyeballs who haven't been watching my fights. And so for that part of it, uh, I like it. And on uh, some of the cards that I have been on with these YouTubers, my check has been just mm-hmm. as hefty as theirs has been. So they've been down with it. Even Jared Hurd, Luis Arias, all these guys who are on this card today said the same thing. Hey, look, it's a Mayweather card, all the attention, plus because of this YouTuber, so many more people have been reaching out to me on social media than for any of my other regular fights. And listen, I'm getting paid well here. Uh, have I been paid even better? Yeah, but it's been for a championship-type fight. But for a regular fight, this is one of the best checks I've gotten. So to me, that's the surprise thing that the regular fighters are down with it and approve of it. I saw you had uh, Roy Jones Jr. on the podcast. Did he have a take on this? Does he like it? Does he hate it? Yeah, he, he Roy kind of said the same thing that you know it is bringing a different audience to the sport, and if that and if that's the case, and it, it grows the sport, then he said, you know, hey, look, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna downplay it at all. Um, you know, it is different. Uh, I do feel bad for guys like myself who put. Uh, you know, our blood, sweat, and tears in it for years, went through the amateur ranks and had to, you know, progress to get those kind of paychecks. But, you know, these guys are walking right in and making, you know, 600000 to sometimes 800000 to even a million uh, doing these fights. And if that's what the public wants and wants it, then I guess, you know, we, gotta be, we have to change with the times is basically what Roy said on the podcast. I, I hear that argument. I, I hear what you're saying. I, my question really is, and there's no way to know this. It's just speculation, I guess. But are the people that are that are you know Logan or Jake Paul fans mm-hmm. that are tuning in to see this and they're tuning into a broadcast like with slap fights and concerts like we watched <laughs> before? Like are are those people that are tuning into this then going to say, "Oh, Tiafimo Lopez, yeah, I want to watch that guy. Right. Oh, Lomachenko, so- I'm going to watch that guy." Yeah, so that's a, it's a great point. I think, you know, now listen, I think the difference with obviously Showtime pay-per-view, you ain't going to get any concerts. Right, now, we, right. we're going to have some guys. <laughs> we'll have Deces and Merrill there. Uh, so, you know, obviously we'll have some comedic fun um, with that. But they will only be uh, with the exhibition fights. When we get to the regular fights with Jared Hurd and those guys, you know, our regular announce team is going to be calling those fights. I think that what it is is, A, to bring more eyeballs, obviously, to Showtime. That's number one. And then number two is provide them then with these real fights, all action fights. I think if you can get an all no, – listen, we've had two great cars in Carson, California that have been phenomenal from the opening bout to the main event. And if you can get those type of fights on a platform like this, I think you can get those casual fans back because they, they see action and they see somebody get knocked out. And that's, you know, really what boxing is all about. I think if you can provide them that, then you can probably keep them. So and my whole thing has been, and I've facetiously mentioned multiple times, I think the Paul brothers are saving boxing. But if you look at, like, if, the, if there was a poll that was put out at the beginning of March, right, and yeah. it was a study, 34 million people, Gen Z, the two, mm-hmm. the three most popular sports, it was football, then soccer, then boxing now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. the youngest generation. So mm-hmm. I wonder, like, in terms of boxing the sport, do we qualify this being good for the sport, people watching it and lining the pockets of the people who put these things together? Or is it young people picking up the sport and actually participating in it? Because if you get more people that are doing that because of the Paul brothers, that's generally good for the sport of boxing, is it not? 
I, I think I think it's a little bit of both of what you said, and and the, and the reason why I'll say that is I'll use my son as an example. I have a high school junior who I've been in the fight game for years, may have watched the big fights, but didn't watch every fight that we did on Showtime Championship Boxing. But ever since we talked about. Uh, that we were going to do this fight with Mayweather and, and Logan Paul. And then with Jake coming up, he's been watching the fights. He's been watching them and been wanting to work out and wants to go to the gym just to work out and try boxing. And it, trust me, it didn't start last year. It's just started this year and once we started doing this. So I, I, I think it's a good thing. Uh, and, again, now it's up to the sport to keep those younger viewers uh, uh, in love with the sport so that they watch it for, let's say, the Jared Hurds, uh, the, the, the other fighters, the Julian Williams, all these guys who fight on a regular, to have them just as enthused when they fight. Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather, Showtime pay-per-view on Sunday. Brian Custer is with us. By the way, part of the broadcast package, I think, uh, during the week has included the All the Smoke guys. Yes. Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. I mean, there's a lot of jokes there with Kwame Brown we could throw in. <laughs> right? A little handicap match, two on one. Hey, look, I, let me tell you something. I got no problems with Kwame Brown. So no, I'm not even going I'm not even going to comment on anything about Kwame Brown because I don't want none of the smoke uh, with Kwame because he is spitting hot fire, it seems like, at everybody. Yeah, he was he was a little bit mad. He gets he gets in that car and he's he's in that seat. Forget about it. Hey, let me tell you a little. <laughs> when he pulls out that hookah, you in trouble. When he pulls out the hookah, man, he put as he talks about, he start throwing mama's mama's cooking and mama's seasoning on you. It's over. August twenty eighth. <laughs> August twenty eighth. You got to be on my side on this one. Uh, Tyron Woodley is going to destroy Jake Paul, right? Hey, that's what he said. He said, "Hey, look, it, it is time for me to put this to an end." I would be. Let me tell you something. I'm not even going to lie. I would be shocked if Jake Paul stretches Tyron Woodley like he did Ben Askren. Now, and we get it. You get it. I mean, Ben was never a striker anyway. Um, but Tyron is, and, I, you know, finally we're going to get somebody who's going to fight this guy, and it should be one hell of a night. Uh, my, my question on it, like, not necessarily specifically on Tyron, but Tyron, his last couple fights has been really, really hesitant to engage, to throw. Yeah. He's yeah. been so, and I don't know if it's a mental thing. It seems like it is. Yeah. Like, does that change just by stepping down in competition, or does that carry over? No, I think I think I think so. I mean, listen, you know, some of the, I mean, obviously he's he's been fighting some of the best uh, there there in MMA and the UFC. Uh, I, I think now, you know, you look at it. How could you not be confident? Even though it's a it's a boxing match, you how can you not be confident when you you you're known as a good striker uh, to be fighting a YouTube kid? Um, I, trust me, I think he's going to be ready. Uh, he certainly uh, wants this fight, and as as he talked about when we announced it, I'm going to be the one to finally put an end uh, to Jake Paul. We'll find out. It should be really really entertaining. If Tyron does knock out Jake Paul, does that put an end? Like, is that it? Yeah, you know, that's a great question because if he does stretch him, and um, from my understanding, you know, Paul has a a, a multi-fight deal. 
So I would think that it. De- I would think it, it depends on the way that fight goes. Right. You know, if it's a back and forth or what have you. Hey, you know, I'm sure people are going to want to see him again. If he, you know, clocks him in the first round and boom, this fight's over in the first 30 seconds. Okay, then I don't know how much interest there will be in another fight. Brian, we appreciate it. You got big things coming up, right? Are you starting over at ESPN soon? I am. I'm joining. The, I'm joining the family. So, uh, starting. I'm uh, going to start anchoring uh, Sports Center in July, and uh, going to be doing some college football, calling college football, college basketball. Uh, next it. season, doing some NBA games. So I can't cool. wait. And uh, but the Sports Center uh, duties, yes, they're going. They're going to kick up in July as well. That's awesome. Good for you. Thank you so my, much, my brothers. I appreciate y'all. There he is, Brian Custer. Showtime has been working with Fox and I'm going to be working with ESPN. Yeah, you saw that, right? Uh, that the uh, Paul brothers, well, Jake Paul, um, to, to do the Woodley fight, they're like rematch clause. But Brian's right. What happens if he gets his head knocked into the first row, just gets his jaw broken or something? Yeah, well, I mean. You think I, he's going to want a rematch? Well, I mean, Tyron says he's going to be a legitimate professional boxer now. So it's just the start of his career, which I guess that's. <laughs> That's what we're doing now. We're switching over. But yeah, I, I think it will depend. If if it's a one-punch knockout, I think Paul might be like, all right, that's enough of that. I guess I'm finished, but I don't think that's going to happen. What do you think, John? I don't think he's done to be done. It's one loss. Just go out there and keep doing it. As long as there's money to be made, why not? Just, I mean, you might do the rematch, but then start booking lesser opponents yet again and start lining your pockets. Yeah, there's always a way to reinvent yourself. Of course. Right. I, oh, I, I'm, I'll I just tell you this, Adam. I am shocked how many of your MMA people are somehow uh, discounting what Woodley has done in his career. I'm so tired of hearing, well, he's not a boxer. He trains boxing. And obviously, he's not going to look as proficient at landing hands when he's got to worry about all the other elements of MMA. Sure. He can box. Sure. He can. I'm, sure. Over some he horse's can. ass who's working out in a gym doing, well, you know, freaking box aerobics. He can strike. There is a difference. Like, we've, we've talked about this all the time. MMA is not boxing. Boxing is not MMA. It's two different sports. And you're right. He has trained himself to throw a right hand. But he hasn't really trained himself to be a boxer. He has a big right hand that he hasn't thrown in a long time. Tyron Woodley is a national champion wrestler. He is a wrestler. That's what he is. And he has learned how to throw a very powerful right hand. But he's definitely not a boxer. And I, I think we'll see a good performance. But I don't think there's any guarantee of that. Anytime the Golden Knights are on TV, watch the game at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s and grab your 77-cent Bud Light bottles. We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. And there's wine already for tasting. I, I will tell you. On the Paul brothers and the Logan Paul fight this weekend against Floyd. One thing I am mad about is that the fight's not here because we're ready now. Now we're open. We're ready. Cash registers ready to ring. Let's go. But we don't get the fight here. But after this, we're going to get a lot of the big fights. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're coming back, and we know that, you know, Connor, we're starting with Connor uh, just, what, a month away right now? Month and a month and a week. But, yeah, it's, it, that weekend with, and I know there's a couple things before that, but that weekend with Conor McGregor at T-Mobile and Garth Brooks at Allegiant Stadium right across the street is going to be kind of the official, like, you know, welcome back. 
We're back in every way. Our pools are back. Our clubs are back. New York Post headline, speaking of fat pack, high rollers slammed for posting exorbitant Vegas receipts online. In the headline, it says $312 for water. Did you guys read this story? I did. Oh, yeah. I know we're sexy here. I know we're the land of mystery. But a lot of times the New York papers with the Vegas stories, come on. Did you read the receipt? Yeah. What's outrageous on the receipt? The bottles. Well, I it's, mean, it's an $8,600 bill. The, the bottle service, th- those are high, but that's been the case. It's like eight fifty for a bottle, seven fifty, yep. something more expensive, thirteen fifty. But like when they say $312 for water, it wasn't like a jug of water. No, it was 24 bottles of Fiji. Now, that should that be 12 bucks a piece? No. But so, that, does that well, which su- ones are you getting? But, you does that su- but does that surprise you? No, it doesn't. Of course not. Now, can I tell you what did surprise me? What's that? I love chicken fingers as much as the next guy. Okay. But $75 for a platter of chicken fingers was somewhat shocking. Adam, what do you think this was? What, uh, what at a pool? Well, we know where it was. He just said a platter. Right. Do you think they got six chicken fingers? No, but I... Yeah, you think they got 30? I... I'm going to say... They have recently ordered this. Okay, I'm not going to say... I was going to say, because I have... Okay, give us, give us a number. Give us an over-under number. Uh, it was. It's not as many as you would think. I think it's about 15. So five bucks a finger? Yeah. It might right. be less, too. I know though. somebody who works there. I'm going to find out. I'm going to It might be them. less, too. There though. are. I mean, there are some local bar chicken... You know, chicken's gone up. Chicken's gone up. Uh, there are local bars. I mean, there are some places that have chicken fingers locally for 15 bucks without fries. You get like sure. five. There's also I'm a, not, uh, I'm, believe me, I'm not defending the strip prices, but guess what? I'm, I'm not hanging out of that pool. These people can clearly afford it if they're bragging about it. But when, you know, when the headlines go out, it's like it's a lot of fun. I don't want to ruin the whole bit here. 312 for water. Yeah, it's a lot of water. There's a taco platter. I'm sure there are lots of tacos on the platter. Uh, you know, is it is it seventy five chicken fingers or seventy five dollars? No, no. Uh, and I, I I did also at a different spot order the nacho platter. How'd that work out? It was. I mean, it's it's a large platter of nachos, but at the same time, you're like, it is still nachos. Now, when it's like sixty dollars, seventy five. When it's seventy five dollars for a platter of nachos at a Vegas pool, are you super intense about? the integrity of the nacho platter. You've talked about this many times before. Don't come in all recklessly and pull the whole thing down. Well, I didn't have them, so I would have been, though, if I was eating them. The, the, other, the rest of the people were, and I was just watching them to watch their habits with the nachos, and I was like, oh, boy, I would be losing it right now if I was having this. I will, I'll tell you another side note story. Like With the insanity of the prices, I had some friends who were in town like invite me out to go to a club. This is three weeks ago, something like that. And they were ordering a bottle, and I was like, cool. Let me throw in, like, I'm not going to, I wasn't drinking, so I'm like, I'm not going to pay a full fifth because there's five people. Right. I'm going to pay a full fifth share, but let me throw in a couple hundred bucks here, whatever this, I don't know what this is, so I'll pay. Oh, no. How much was it? I, I stole, like, I, gla- I grabbed the check to steal that, to look at it, to be yeah, like, oh, what yeah. is this? 4700 For one bottle? Yeah. Oh, and wow. I was like. Yeah, like if I throw in like three, four hundred dollars, that does nothing for anyone. I know there's something at Trist where it's uh, it's twenty five thousand dollars a bottle. 
floor. Dom there is eight fifty. Uh, again, the water very affordable, eight dollars. Okay, that's a steal. <laughs> that's a great. I looked down. I'm like, oh wait, you got a uh, you got a bottle of Grey Goose for almost five hundred dollars. Bottle of water eight. All right. Red it, Bull's only nine bucks. It it's it is. Bud pre- Light's only ten. What a price! It's preposterous, but at the same time, like they wouldn't be charging it if people weren't paying. If it. they couldn't get it, yeah. Do you get? I mean, there are people who have them. I mean, I. I look at our ticket prices for sports sometimes. I mean, Raiders games, resale market, you know, average of $800. I love sports. I'm never paying $800 for a ticket. Never. But there are people who will do it. Yeah, because, again, anytime you see a crazy price, just think, like, these prices would come down if people stopped paying those prices. Of course. They only only sell the bottles for that much because they can when you're selling a $30 bottle of Tito's for eight seventy-five, no, and there is something someone wants to buy it. There is something you almost get trapped sometimes. I mean, I think that's that's the case of, hey, we're in town. We've never been to Vegas before. Let's go to this club, and then you maybe start ordering without even looking at the menu or don't know the price, and then all of a sudden you get this, as as we're seeing here, eighty-six hundred dollar bill. You're like, what just happened? And I think you pay it, and then you say, okay, well, we won't do that again. But there's enough people that are repeats that do come back, that do know what they're getting into, that just want to spend the money. And really what you're doing is showing off that you're there. It's not about spending the money for the actual item. And people keep paying it, so they're going to keep charging it. I get why they do these stories. I get it. Oh, people love yeah. people love the stories. Why do we do jackpot stories every day? Is mm-hmm. is mundane, as silly as I think they are? Yep. People read them. And why, if they stop reading them, we wouldn't do them. Why is it the rage on Twitter and other places? Better lost $200,000 on this. People love it. Better won a million on this. People love that stuff. I don't know why, but they do. Shake the fist at the rich. <laughs> sure. These punks and their $10,000 bills at the pool. You punks. And then part of you is like, I'm a little jealous. I want to get that fruit platter. It's only $25. Yes, you're, now you're bargain shopping? Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I defended the chicken fingers pretty hard. I would have trouble, though. If I was actually shelling out the 75, they better be really, and there's only 15 of them, they better be really good. And then what's the split? How do you break that down? You got a group of like seven. Fight, you fighting. Got, you got a group of eight. Can't split it evenly. Someone goes in for three chicken fingers out of 15. Hello. Start slapping their hand away. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The platter gets thrown in the air. Oh, yeah. Now nobody gets them. I'm getting exactly three waters out of that bucket of 24. Or else. What about the sugar-free Red Bulls? I didn't think that was that bad. It's a good deal, actually. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, 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 it's a good deal. No one said that about any of these bills, but they've gone viral. People are going crazy over them. All right. On the way back, we'll get you set for the numbers uh, in the NBA tonight, in the NHL, a little baseball as well, and I'll get you more of the betting numbers. You can bet. You can't bet here in Vegas. You can bet this Floyd-Logan Paul fight. Golden Knights games and 77-cent Bud Light bottles? Silver 7's Hotel and Casino has you hooked up. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. Are you on the Lakers tonight? Minus two. 
No. Why not? Well, not now. Uh, we'll see what's going on with Davis. I, you know, I, and and I don't even know. I don't know if it's as cut and dry as it was last game because I, you know, now I am concerned that there is a more extensive injury than we thought. But I do think, essentially, the game comes down to whether he plays or not. Like this, the whole series, everything just matters whether, whether he plays. If he's there, they're fine. If he's not, they're done. Uh, but now. After missing one game and there's clearly an issue, maybe he tries to force it, so maybe it's not as easy to just be on the floor and win. But he is that much of a difference maker. The way that this team is built, if they don't have both those guys, they don't have much of a chance. It's Lakers one and a half now here at William Hill. Uh-oh. Place bet, yes. Maybe maybe that's indicating he's not playing. It starts to trickle down. I'm confident even without AD, they'll win this game. Would wow. I bet him with no AD in game seven? Not a chance in hell. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Player props. Or play, yeah, just yeah, just player. Um, not multiple, just LeBron. Over under points, 29 and a half. Well, this, I mean, we talk about the game being correlated to whether Davis plays or not. This is an obvious one, right? I mean, if he's if he's not there... You have to pound the over, right? I mean, LeBron will have to shoulder a much larger share of the load. Now, what, what that could mean is the defense can focus on him more. Maybe he has to pass the ball a lot more. Uh, I guess you could make that case. But uh, I think if, if there's no Anthony Davis, it's got to be all LeBron. LeBron double-double, minus 230. Yeah, sure. LeBron triple-double. Not available, at least as far as I see, uh, in our market, but I'll double-check. Out of the market, LeBron triple-double, according to this site, is actually the fourth most bet prop at the book. Triple-double plus 300. I think if I can get a no minus four, maybe maybe I'll get I don't think they're offering a no. that's, that's That's unfortunate. You're out of luck on that one. No, I don't think. I mean, listen, he sure he has a chance at it, but I don't think plus three dollars is enough value to get to go with the bet. So I'm going to say no. Golden Knights. Look ahead. Abs are slightly favored. One fifteen. Game three tomorrow. Oh man, I think I think this is a good spot for the Knights, and if they're going to win a game, you know, I, I think there's certainly a legitimate chance that they win both the games at home. Uh, and make this a 2-2 series going back to Colorado. But the, but Colorado is obviously in a great position right now. Uh, but if you're going to pick a game that the Golden Knights are going to win, I think game three would be the one. Uh, so I'd be on the Knights here, especially as a slight dog. Tomorrow, Montreal and the Peg. Jets 115. Mark Shifley, hard hits happen or dirtiest thing you've ever seen? <laughs> Not the dirtiest thing I've ever seen. Uh, Listen, it was it was ugly. It was vicious. I I do kind of have a problem with the hit because it was it was definitely high. Uh, I think the the fact that he landed on his head made it a much worse looking hit than it was. I mean, it, it was really bad, but it made it even worse. But my my biggest problem with it is that so many people are saying, "Well, that's just he's just trying to hurt him. He's frustrated. He tried to hurt him." Like, no, he was he skated on a two hundred foot sprint to try to stop a goal that essentially ended the game. Like, he was trying to stop a goal. Like, is there other ways to do it? Sure. Could he reach out with the stick? Sure. He was trying to enforce uh, that area and say, no, you're not coming in here. You're not going to drop a, uh, you know, wrap around empty netter into the net and end this game. 
I'm going to do everything I can to stop you from doing it. And if I if you do score, you're going to pay the price for it, for sure. That was part of it. So yeah, the, he's certainly should be up for you know review for a potential suspension. It was definitely a, a penalty, a misconduct, kick him out of the game, all those things. But don't say that he only intended to injure him. On the way back, we'll get Adam's take on uh, Shifley and what the penalty is going to be. And, of course, we're going to get back into the Golden Knights. I know it hurts. I know it stings. Great game last night. There's a lot of positives out of the game. But the Knights right now, unfortunately, are in a 2-0 hole. And it, it doesn't feel like it should be that way. With 77-cent Bud Light bottles, Golden Knights hockey game nights are great at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino.